Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. I wonder who is your superhero? Who is your favourite superhero? Adrian, what's yours? Well, you like to watch Superman, don't you? you? You do? Don't spoil this for me. I've got it all nicely planned. I like the Adam West version of Batman. Do you oh, remember yeah, the old that's 60s true. Adam West version? That's the true. boring one. No, that's true. You do like that. Anybody else? Who else has got a superhero that they like? Anybody? Captain America. Captain America. Yeah, Rosie likes Captain America. Anybody else? Go on. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever spider can. Anything else? No? Oh, you're all a bit quiet this morning. Well, I think you all can think of a superhero that you quite like or you know about every, anyway. Every child likes to watch the superheroes. My daughter, Rosie, she likes to, she's very much into the Marvel um, stuff and she likes Captain America. Her favorite is Captain America. Um, and every culture throughout history has its heroes, people who were able to do and be more than the rest of us. In ancient times, you had the heroes of Greek mythology. Then um, it was perhaps King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and Robin Hood. And then there were explorers who sailed around the world and discovered new places. In our lifetime, there's been Superman, the Lone Ranger, Wonder Woman, Batman, Harry Potter... Captain America, amongst many others. Every generation has its heroes. And many of our blockbuster movies tell stories of the superheroes and they're consistently among these top grossing movies of the box office each year. Why do we love stories about superheroes? What's the draw? Well, when you look at particular heroes that were created, you discover that usually... They came uh, during a time of great difficulty, uncertainty, and darkness. For instance, many of the most popular comic book heroes were created during the Great Depression and the beginning of World War II. It was during this time that people were searching for symbols, something to put their faith in, someone who would protect them. We love to make heroes out of people as well. Captain Tom... Didn't he become a hero of our nation during the pandemic as well? What this says is that our draw towards superheroes is, about, is, is way more, about more than entertainment or just wanting to hear a good story. There's something deeper going on. I read an article which said superheroes deal with the interior element of humanity. They are colourful incarnations of the human soul. In this way, we put our hopes, fears, dreams, emotions and all the unspeakable facets of human nature into physical form and lose them in fantastical worlds to see what we may learn from them. In other words, 
our heroes, our projections of some of our deepest longings and our greatest fears and teach us about ourselves and what we can be. Every hero lives a story worth telling. But heroes aren't just limited, of course, to the big screen. There are numerous heroes in scripture whose stories have been told and embraced by people of faith for thousands of years. From them we learn who we are. From them we learn who God is and the life available to us. And today, as we've dedicated Elijah Hayward, I thought it would be perfect for us to look at Elijah, the prophet Elijah, who was one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament and is today one of the most celebrated heroes of the Jewish faith. In the New Testament, both Jesus and John the Baptist are compared to Elijah. The watershed event of Elijah's ministry and life was taking a stand against the wicked King Ahab and his wife Jezebel on Mount Carmel, which is our Bible reading just a wee bit earlier. It's one of my favorite stories, I have to say, in the Bible, because it's just a great example of faith and courage and for seeing God show up in a pretty awesome way, I think. Who knows? Maybe in years to come, we'll be speaking about Elijah Haywood as a great hero of faith as well. I very much hope so. Elijah was a prophet during the time of Israel's history, when the nation was divided into northern, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Ahab was a Jewish king of northern Israel, But the truth is, his wife Jezebel was calling the shots. Some say the last decision Ahab ever made was, I do. Of course, every great hero had an an equally wicked villain, and Jezebel was that. She made it her mission to wipe every trace of Israel's God off the earth and to force the people to worship her own gods instead. Baal was the most popular god. Idols were often made in the shape of a bull, representing strength and fertility, symbolizing lust for power and pleasure. To make things worse, the people didn't put up a fight. They just went along with it. Now, they didn't necessarily stop worshipping Yahweh, their God, but chose to worship Jezebel's gods as well. So it was time to sort this, for it all to come to head, and God chose Elijah to be the man to do it. Elijah was a real hero of faith. So what do we learn from Elijah and this particular story on Mount Carmel about living a story worth telling? How can we learn from his example of being a hero of faith? Firstly, we learn that heroes have a purpose. Elijah's name literally means Yahweh is Lord. Jewish tradition suggests that Elijah actually chose this name for himself. Why? Well, he knew who he was and what he was about. Every great hero knows their purpose and what they stand for. The same is true in real life. Think of some of the greatest people who are real-life heroes. They knew what they stood for. Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, William Wallace. I thought I'd just put that little Scottish one in. And even Greta Thunberg of today's world. What about you? If your life were a movie, would people have a hard time figuring out what it was about? Many of us lead lives with no clear purpose and no idea what what we stand for. We're just trying to get by, going through the motions and working for the weekend. 
But that's not what God wants for us. The good news of Jesus Christ is an invitation to participate in God's plan of salvation. Living a story worth telling is not easy. Having a purpose, making a difference, and deciding to stand for something is scary and it involves risks. That's why most of us choose perhaps to be spectators rather than players in the kingdom of God. In reality, it's easier to watch someone else do do it than than to, to do it ourselves. We get this temporary fix from living vicariously through other people's stories. But it doesn't truly satisfy, nor does it change things. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could be a spectator. You were created to contribute to use your life, your resources, and your will to make a difference, to have a role in building the kingdom of God. On Tuesday, in the Lectio 365 Daily Devotions app, it was looking at who Jesus chose to become disciples and how he called such a random bunch of, well, misfits, I guess. It seemed incredible that Jesus should have chosen them. They were nothing special. They had no special powers or gifts. The reading said, I used to wonder what my calling was. I assumed it was some specific purpose I had to wait to receive from God before my Christian life could really move forward. But Mark's gospel reminds me that the first calling on my life is to be with Jesus and to be sent by him to bring freedom and life to others. That's our purpose, folks. To be in relationship with Jesus, to learn from him, And to help others do the same. That was what Elijah was all about. Yahweh is God. God was Lord of his life. He sought to help others to be in that same relationship with God also. And that is our calling. That is our purpose. When we know our purpose in Christ, we have more confidence to stand up and be counted for him. And that's the second thing we learn from Elijah, that heroes of faith need to step up and be counted. In the midst of this Baal worship, there's Elijah who knew his purpose, that Yahweh is Lord, courageously taking a stand for God and calling people of faith alone to be be followers of God. Elijah stood up very confidently and counted himself very firmly with God. He issued a challenge to the people to stop being so indecisive in who they really believed in. You know, I love a bacon sandwich. And if someone asks me what sauce I want on it, do I want ketchup or do I want brown? Well, it's a hard decision because I like both. So I have both. I do. Red on one side, brown on the other. It's beautiful. It is the best taste. It is the perfect combination. You can, I'm with both sauces. I mean, it's just perfect. You can do that with sauces in a bacon sandwich, but you can't do that when you're deciding which God is going to be Lord of your life. These people were having both of their sauces. They were sitting on the fence and having the best of both worlds. They didn't want to make up their mind as to what position, action, or attitude they were going to take. They were not completely sold out to Baal, but neither were they completely sold out to Jehovah. They were like Elvis Presley. I'm told that he wore a cross, a star of David, as well as a symbol, a Muslim symbol as well, just in case. But the truth is that God desires and demands decision. You must be for him or against him. You need to stand up and be counted as his followers. 
He's not up for remaining neutral. In Matthew 12:30, Jesus states, He that is not with me is against me. Unfortunately, the people's response to Elijah in the latter part of verse 21 was, but the people said nothing. As God's people, we need to make the decision as to which side we're really on and stand up and be counted as followers of God. Not half-hearted Christianity where we live by some standards but not all others because they don't suit us or, or the things that we do. We would do well to remember that the strongest words given to the seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelations is reserved for the church at Laodicea. The real reason was clear. They were uncommitted, and lukewarmness is nauseating to God. To say nothing to God is to say no to God. God is either Lord of our lives, or he's not. If we want to be a hero of faith, we need to step up and be counted. Nowadays, most of us don't make up a God. We don't give it a name and worship it. But we do have other ways of putting something in the place of God. We're we're called to place God above everything else in our lives. We should trust him and love him with all our hearts. If this does not describe you, then you have to put something else in God's place. For example, some of us care more about what our friends think than what God thinks. Some of us care about our hobbies, perhaps, than spending time with God. Some of us would rather stay in our bed than get up and spend time with God. When we do this, it robs God of the worship that only he deserves. Think about what the absolute most important thing to you is. If it's not God, and you want it to be, perhaps now is a good time to ask him to change your heart, to turn away from the things that distract you and and turn back to the Lord. But sometimes when we step up and are counted, that means we have to stand alone, like Elijah did. He did not fear the people. He stood firm. And I think that God is really trying to bash this message home to me this week. Everything I have read seems to be about standing firm this week. And I think he wants me to tell that to you too. So many times in scripture, we are told to stand firm. Sometimes we stand with others together for God. And sometimes we do have to stand alone. What helps us to stand firm is our faith in God, in his promises, in our experience of him in the past. Elijah stood firm. He loved and trusted God. He stood in front of an entire nation of people and proclaimed that God was the only God. He abided with God. He heard God's voice. He obeyed God's command. He trusted that God would do exactly what he promised to do. And God certainly kept his promises. Can you just imagine being Elijah when the God's fire burst from the sky. How awesome an experience would that have been? And we can each have faith like Elijah. Abide with God, remain with him, listen for his voice and obey his commands. Your faith will grow as you spend time with the one true God and it will give you the confidence to step up and be counted and stand firm even when you're on your own. And then this third and final thing that we learn about being a hero of faith from Elijah is that we need to be people of prayer. Altars symbolize prayer, fellowship with God, dying to self and yielding to the will of God. The fact that the altar was in a state of disrepair was a powerful symbol in and of itself 
of how people, how far people have got from God. Elijah is a man of prayer. It is something that was paramount of importance in his life and something that he recognized to be absolutely vital for the spiritual restoration of his Israel. Thus, the first thing he does is to repair the altar to the Lord that was broken. And then he prays. Now notice the contrast between the pagan way of contacting their God and the way that Jehovah has set out for his people. In the first 36, we read this. Elijah stepped forward and prayed. That's all he does. He just steps forward and he prays. And this is his prayer. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back to them. There's no frenzy, there's no shouting, there's no frantic dancing, no self-mutilation, nor even a a prescribed ritual of any kind to follow like the people had done for Baal. Elijah is in full control of his faculties and he offers this simple prayer. And in his prayer, he prays for three things. He prayed that the God would be recognized as the one true God. He prayed that people would know that he was truly a prophet. And he prayed that the hearts of the people would be turned back to Jehovah. Three important things happened as a result of Elijah's prayer. First, the fire fell. Where moments before an altar and sacrifice stood, there now remained only a burned, fire-blackened hole in the ground. Fire that could consume not just the water-soaked wood and sacrifice, but the stones in the dirt as well that could be, couldn't be kindled by human hands. Secondly, the people recognized that Jehovah was the one true God and fell and cried out, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. What an amazing moment that must have been. And thirdly, in verse 40, which we didn't read, the people seized and executed the prophets of Baal. All 450 of Baal um, prophets are slain because they finally have seen the power of the one true God. The prayer was simple. The prayer of a man who knew his purpose in God and who made God Lord of his life and sought to help others to do the same. The prayer went up and the power came down in an almighty way. The altar was a place of prayer and commitment. Elijah had to rebuild the place of prayer for people. There are people here today that need to rebuild their altars, that need to get right with God, that need to rebuild their prayer life because it's not what it ought to be, that need to make God Lord of their life. Today we learn from, from Elijah's example, this great hero of faith, We learn that he was a man who knew his purpose. Yahweh is Lord. He was Lord of his life. He stood up and was counted, even when it meant standing alone. And he was a person of prayer. Elijah's challenge for us today, if Jesus is God, follow him. If anything else or anyone else is God, follow him. But stop playing games. Stop sitting on the fence. Take a stand for what you know is true. Elijah was focused on Yahweh, not himself. He did not do this in his own glory, but Yahweh. 
In the end, Elijah's faith and courage to stand firmly and openly for the Lord brought glory to God and led many people back to him. There's an old chorus by Brindley Boone, the words of which are so simple, but I think actually so difficult to really take in and really live out. And I reckon this would be Elijah's song. It says, All my heart I give to thee, Every moment I live for thee, daily strength to receive from thee as I obey thy call. While I bow to pray to thee, I commit my way to thee. Here just now I say to thee, I dedicate my own. Perhaps it's time for you today to choose who you're going to follow. Who's going to be Lord of your life? Perhaps it's time to rebuild your altar. This music of this chorus, we're just going to have this playing in the background for a moment or two. And in this time, it's a time for us to reflect on that. and Spend some time with the Lord and decide, do I need to rebuild my altar? Do I need to make that choice today? Is God going to be Lord of my life? Is Yahweh Lord like Elijah? And we take this opportunity to do that can rebuild your altar at this altar of prayer or where you sit wherever but let's take this opportunity to just spend this time thinking over and working out where we are is God Lord of our lives and rebuilding our altar so let's just have this time and then we'll sing it together I invite you to sing this with me sing it honestly sing it truthfully really is Yahweh God of your life let's sing it together
about to pray to thee. I commit my way to thee. Here just now I say to thee, I dedicate my all. Heavenly Father, you are awesome and your power knows no bounds. I want to thank you for the reminder of your greatness, of your power and the reassurance of your presence today. Lord, as we studied the story of Elijah at Mount Carmel today, for some of us it's filled us with a real energy and a desire to keep standing for you and I thank you for that. But for some it may have challenged us that perhaps we're not living as we should and we're sitting on the fence, hedging our bets, trying to have the best of both worlds. Lord, I ask that for those of us who feel that way, that you would reveal to us your purpose in our lives and that you'll convict us and help us to let go of the stuff that is not of you, that is taking priority in our lives over you and give us the courage to stand up and be counted and make you Lord of our lives. Lord, I ask that you would let it be known today that you are God and that we are your servants. Answer our prayers so that people will know that you are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. We ask this in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.